O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of his kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Monday, November 29th. The Word of God is what protects us against deception and delusion. In the world we now live in, finding truth is something you have to seek after with all of your heart, because there are so many lies being pushed and promoted through the mainstream media. We must love truth and seek after truth. Truth is a person, and that person is Yeshua. We are warned about a strong, deluding spirit that will be present in the end days, as it is written in 2 Thessalonians 2, 9-12. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason God will send them strong delusion, that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Beloved, I believe we are rapidly approaching the end days, so guard your mind and your heart by staying in the Word and staying close to Yeshua. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Maketz, and it means, at the end of. Genesis 41, 15-38 Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream last night, and no one here can tell me what it means. But I have heard that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. It is beyond my power to do this, Joseph replied, but God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. So Pharaoh told Joseph his dream. In my dream, he said, I was standing on the bank of the Nile River, and I saw seven fat, healthy cows come up out of the river and begin grazing in the marsh grass. But then I saw seven sick-looking cows, scrawny and thin, come up after them. I've never seen such sorry-looking animals in all the land of Egypt. These thin, scrawny cows ate the seven fat cows. But afterward, you wouldn't have known it, for they were still as thin and scrawny as before. Then I woke up. Then I fell asleep again, and I had another dream. This time I saw seven heads of grain, full and beautiful, growing on a single stalk. Then seven more heads of grain appeared, but these were blighted, shriveled, and withered by the east wind. 
and the shriveled head swallowed the seven healthy heads. I told these dreams to the magicians, but no one could tell me what they mean. Joseph responded, Both of Pharaoh's dreams mean the same thing. God is telling Pharaoh in advance what he is about to do. The seven healthy cows and the seven healthy heads of grain both represent seven years of prosperity. The seven thin and scrawny cows that came up later and the seven thin heads of grain withered by the east wind represent seven years of famine. This will happen just as I have described it, for God has revealed to Pharaoh in advance what he is about to do. The next seven years will be a period of great prosperity throughout the land of Egypt, but afterward there will be seven years of famine so great that all the prosperity will be forgotten in Egypt. Famine will destroy the land. This famine will be so severe that even the memory of the good years will be erased. As for having two similar dreams, it means that these events have been decreed by God and He will soon make them happen. Therefore, Pharaoh should find an intelligent and wise man and put him in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh should appoint supervisors over the land and let them collect one-fifth of all the crops during the seven good years. Have them gather all the food produced in the good years that are just ahead and bring it to Pharaoh's storehouses. Store it away and guard it so there will be food in the cities. That way there will be enough to eat when the seven years of famine come to the land of Egypt. Otherwise, this famine will destroy the land. Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, Can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? Daniel 6, 1-28 Darius the Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces, and he appointed a high officer to rule over each province. The king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interests. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they concluded, our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, Long live King Darius. We are all in agreement. We administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors, that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next thirty days any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. And now, your majesty, issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed, an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. 
with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about his law. Did you not sign a law that for the next thirty days any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty will be thrown into the den of lions? Yes, the king replied, that decision stands. It is an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. Then they told the king, that man Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, is ignoring you and your law. He still prays to his God three times a day. Hearing this, the king was deeply troubled, and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. In the evening the men went together to the king and said, Your Majesty, you know that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no law that the king signs can be changed. So at last the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and the seals of his nobles, so that no one could rescue Daniel. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. Very early the next morning the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God, whom you serve so faithfully, able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, Long live the king! My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth, so that they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed, and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God. Then the king gave orders to arrest the men who had maliciously accused Daniel. He had them thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children. The lions leaped on them and tore them apart before they even hit the floor of the den. Then King Darius sent this message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the world. Peace and prosperity to you. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed, and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Second Peter 3, 1-18 This is my second letter to you, dear friends, and in both of them I, Peter, have tried to stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. I want you to remember what the holy prophets said long ago and what our Lord and Savior commanded through your apostles. Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come, 
mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, What happened to the promise that Yeshua is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. They deliberately forget that God made the heavens long ago by the word of his command, and he brought the earth out of the water and surrounded it with water. Then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment, when ungodly people will be destroyed. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as some people think. No, He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live, looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day he will set the heavens on fire, and the elements will melt away in the flames. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and new earth he has promised, a world filled with God's righteousness. And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in His sight. And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. This is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom God gave him. Speaking of these things in all of his letters, some of his comments are hard to understand, and those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted his letters to mean something quite different, just as they do with other parts of Scripture, and this will result in their destruction. You already know these things, dear friends, so be on guard. Then you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people and lose your own secure footing. Rather, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Yeshua HaMashiach. All glory to Him, both now and forever. Amen. Psalm 119, 129-152 Your laws are wonderful. No wonder I obey them. The teaching of your word gives light, so even the simple can understand. I pant with expectation, longing for your commands. Come and show me your mercy, as you do for all who love your name. Guide my steps by your word, so I will not be overcome by evil. Ransom me from the oppression of evil people, then I can obey your commandments. Look upon me with love, teach me your decrees. Rivers of tears gush from my eyes because people disobey your instructions. O Lord, you are righteous and your regulations are fair. Your laws are perfect and completely trustworthy. I am overwhelmed with indignation, for my enemies have disregarded your words. 
Your promises have been thoroughly tested. That is why I love them so much. I am insignificant and despised, but I don't forget your commandments. Your justice is eternal, and your instructions are perfectly true. As pressure and stress bear down on me, I find joy in your commands. Your laws are always right. Help me to understand them so I may live. I pray with all my heart. Answer me, Lord. I will obey your decrees. I cry out to you. Rescue me that I may obey your laws. I rise early before the sun is up. I cry out for help and put my hope in your words. I stay awake through the night, thinking about your promise. In your faithful love, O Lord, hear my cry. Let me be revived by following your regulations. Lawless people are coming to attack me. They live far from your instructions. But you are near, O Yahweh, and all your commands are true. I have known from my earliest days that your laws will last forever. Proverbs 28, 21 and 22 Showing partiality is never good, yet some will do wrong for a mere piece of bread. Greedy people try to get rich quick, but don't realize they're headed for poverty. I want to speak to you today from Daniel chapter 6, and in this chapter we learn of how Daniel goes through a tremendous trial. So some of the other governors and leaders and officials in Babylon are jealous of Daniel because he's been elevated to a high position and he does his job with faithfulness and with integrity and they could find no fault in him. So they decided, in a way of persecution, to create a law that would make it illegal to pray to anybody except to the king, knowing that he would break that law. So we see that Daniel is a man of prayer, and he regularly prays three times a day, probably 9 a.m., 3 p.m., and 7 p.m., the three times of when the temple service would happen, when there used to be a temple. Now remember, Daniel is living in exile in the land of Babylon, far from home. So the law is signed off on by the king. And then, of course, Daniel's enemies catch him in the act of praying. So normally he would not break the law, but when man's law is a wicked law or an evil law or it Uh, in some way contradicts with God's law, of course, Daniel is going to follow God's rules and laws and principles. So he's not going to stop praying because of a man-made law. Now, King Darius feels very guilty about this, and he has to follow through on the law and has to have him thrown in the lion's den, but he doesn't sleep the entire night. And then in the morning, He rushes to this cave and rolls away the the stone and wants to know, Daniel, are you okay? Did your God protect you and keep you? And of course, God's did protect Daniel, and he was untouched. So then Daniel's enemies and their wives and children are thrown into the den of lions instead. 
So how does this apply today? This is a nice story. You've probably heard it many times. But what's the application today? Beloved, we are living in very extraordinary times. And in places like Austria and Germany and France and Australia, they're now making this jab mandatory. And if you don't take the jab, well, they might take you away to some internment camp in Australia or in places like Austria or France or Germany. Well, you just are a second class citizen and you can't go grocery shopping or go out to eat to a restaurant or participate in any of the public arena affairs of life. You're just going to be living at home in jail at home. And so it's extraordinary. This pandemic is global. (laughs) It's affecting every nation. And many are beginning to protest throughout the nations, protest against the tyranny and against the lockdowns. This has nothing to do with science or medicine. It has everything to do with tyranny and the rise of the end-of-days global beast system. That's what this is about. And so Daniel had faith. He trusted God. He really didn't have much uh, of a say in the matter. I mean, it was out of his control. He had to just trust God, and God was with him. Yeshua was with him in that den of lions. Now, I don't know what your situation is, but sometimes we do face our own kind of a den full of lions. Perhaps it is a rageaholic husband who yells and screams at you and makes you feel worthless. Perhaps it's a dysfunctional, angry, controlling boss who keeps harassing you that you need to get the jab, you need to get the jab, and if you don't, you're going to get fired. Perhaps it's family members that have taken the jab and you haven't, and they're just giving you hell about it. But we all have our uh, lions that roar and scream at us. But I'm reminded of the scripture, I believe it's in First or Second Peter, that says that Satan is like a roaring lion and he seeks whom he may devour. But remember, the roar of the lion is just a roar. And yes, it can cause fear and intimidation, but we fight that with faith. We put our trust and our faith in Yahweh. So the roar of the lion, all it is is a roar. And those lions did not touch Daniel. And because we are living in such extraordinary times, we need to have the faith of Daniel to trust him for extraordinary miracles. We are going through times of tremendous persecution. There are many people being persecuted right now, particularly believers. And life is not normal. Life has been turned upside down. Many people are suffering and are making sacrifices. Doctors and nurses, firefighters and police officers have been fired. Or they quit. Rather than bow to this mandate. So, I pray right now that the faith of Daniel would be upon each and every one listening, that we would trust in Yahweh, Yeshua, that when we face a den full of lions, 
We would trust that Yeshua will be there to protect us and to shut the mouth of the lions. I thank you, Father, that you are with your people. We put our hope and our trust in you and in you alone. We pray that you will give us endurance and perseverance to go through these trials. And that in the end, you will get all the glory. We pray for your soon deliverance. Even as you delivered Daniel out of the lion's den, may you deliver your people in each circumstance and situation that they find themselves in, where it feels like a den full of lions. Protect us, Abba. We are your remnant. We love you. We bless you, and we praise you. In Yeshua's name, amen. Adonai Adonai the Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.